0: i don't wanna go to work i just wanna chill and play all day looking bed in the face and say i wish i could just be still asleep while you work welcome back to the jobs blow podcast i'm your host brianna Haas, here once again to share more inspiring stories about getting ahead this week's show is called a person of character With writer, producer, performer, and content creator Lisa Timmons. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Do you like the (laughs) name of the show? Because I thought the reason a person's character, because I found you because of your characters that you play on Instagram. Also, I feel like the people that you're playing,
1: they really lack character. I feel like that's the perfect description because when you are broke, what do they tell you you're building? Well, that's here, what we here. have to tell. That's what we have to tell ourselves, at least. And so, what's happened is I now have an abundance of character. We're rich, We're rich in character. I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to get rid of it. I'm giving it away. <laughs> well,
0: thank you for agreeing to be on my 100th episode. Which... <gasps> this is the 100th episode? It is the 100th episode. Wow. Is that a jubilee? <laughs> <laughs> the jubilee. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. The well, honor-
1: Congratulations. That's amazing <laughs> to have reached 100 episodes.
0: Well, thank you. I left out in the descriptor, I know you had mentioned, including that you're the voice of Gwyneth Paltrow's inner voice. But I didn't I did, I did want her to somehow steal your headline, Lisa, because this is about Thank you. you.
1: She's a sub-bullet. She's a sub-bullet. Okay. I
0: love it. She's a sub-head. <laughs> yes, exactly.
1: She comes after the colon. <laughs> exactly.
0: So I always pull a quote to start the show that relates to the show. So I'm going to read this to you and you tell me who said it, Okay. Okay. You come across online comments about yourself and about your friends. And it's very humanizing <laughs> thing. It's almost like how in war you go through this bloody dehumanizing thing. My hope is, as we get out of it, we'll reach the next level of conscience. Who do you think? Sam? I
1: I think Kim Kardashian. No, actually, it's Gwyneth. <gasps> wow. Yes. I, I don't think you wow. can bring together a sentence like that, though okay, you know, it's so funny because you were absolutely right. The thing that confused me was I didn't even realize that Gwyneth talked that much about how much people talk about her. That's funny. Interesting.
0: What's funny is, just jump ahead, (laughs) as I mentioned before the show, the game that we'll be playing later is who said it, and (laughs) it's it's quotes that either Gwyneth or Kim said. And when I Googled quotes by them, Gwyneth (laughs) came up, Pretentious. (laughs) Pretentious. <laughs> like, These were like best quotes by Kim Kardashian. When it makes why, sense, you know, <laughs> obnoxious, pretentious. So I just thought that was really interesting. So she's comparing online <laughs> comments to going to, to war. war. <laughs> so I love good. it. It's just so
1: <laughs> she's so right, you know. <laughs> she is. All right. So
0: before we get started talking about your career path, I should let my audience know. So I discovered Lisa. Because someone shared one of her hilarious Instagram posts where she took video of Gwyneth and laid over her own voice, describing what Gwyneth was doing, and it they are hilarious if you haven't seen them. She's at Timmins Lisa on Instagram. Yes, thank I you. Follow her, but I became obsessed with her post <laughs> because beyond her humor, I also align with her politics and her just being an empath. Are we empaths? Are we a generation that can say that? Or is that only for Z and millennials?
1: I believe that we are. And one thing I think that people maybe don't say enough about being super empathetic is I feel like this is why I don't get FOMO. I can genuinely get excited creeping on photos of people I love who are hanging out (laughs) because I'm like, oh, they're getting to see each other. It's Weird, but I feel like you get to live vicariously through people. If you were like really tap into your empathy, you can be like a little like a joy fiend.
0: (laughs) But I think also I don't mind staying home, and honestly,
1: (sighs) COVID only made me worse. Oh, a hundred percent! Like this, what we are doing here, this zooming, this is the dream. This is an utter delight for people who cannot see me, which is everyone. Thank the Lord, I. Straight up forgot this was happening. I am in a little gray t-shirt with my homie here. We are both in our glasses, and it could not be better. Well, and I have
0: <laughs> pajama pants on, so I destroyed uh, just destroy my <laughs> image for you. But yes, I am not. I'm not from the waist up. I, I look more professional. But anyway, so Lisa, take me through your journey up until I found you on Instagram. Where did you,
1: where were you born? Where where did this Lisa story start? <laughs> Thank you. The Lisa story started in Orlando, Florida, the home of O-Town and all the boy bands from the 90s. (laughs) So there's that gives you just an an idea. I was born in 1980. So I was supposed to be born. The pedophile that discovered them is also from there, isn't it? Yes, exactly. We have a very rich tapestried history. (laughs) But yeah, I was born there. Both my parents met in high school. My dad was just a a big old white guy originally from Indiana who grew up in central Florida. My mom is Colombian originally, moved to the States when she was eight to New Jersey. So that's where she learned English. So she doesn't have a Southern accent. I don't know. I feel like we all have strange influences from the various places we've lived. But um, when I was five, we moved to Alabama where my dad did flight school, because he was in the the army, he enlisted. And then that took us to Germany, where I was for about nine years, most of my childhood, I went to a German high school for four years. And then I thought I was going to go to German university, they have public education, the universities are free, you just have to pass a series of very uh, rigorous exams. So it's similar to the levels I believe that you take in England, it was kind of like international baccalaureate style. So I was all set on that track. And then my dad got stationed in south georgia where we'd never been before and i was there my senior year of high school and i feel like this particular experience really did solidify my feeling like an outsider in the united states once i came back because i remember at graduation this girl said i thought you were a foreign exchange student because everybody said you were from germany and you never talked (laughs) and i was like you know what fair (laughs) (laughs) and then I went to the university of Georgia for four years and then my dad passed. He uh, it's very dramatic sounding, but like he, his plane crashed because he was a pilot. That very much is my working class origin story for me. Like I like to tell people that my father did not die serving military or serving his country. He died making sure that his family was never going to leave the middle class. And literally the spring break of my senior year of college is when I lost. him. so I just like moved out to LA with a boyfriend because he had a very clear vision of film and television. And I kind of did. And then, you know, we broke up, I stayed. So clearly I found something here that I like, but I really have spent the past 20 some years here working in and around the industry. And part of the message that I put out is, it is really overwhelming and lovely that people are so complimentary, like the things that you're complimenting. I have people who are like, you're so genius. I, Oh, wow, you're this cultural commentator. And the thing that is just so incredibly frustrating is I have been the same person the entire time. But nobody knows who my daddy was. Nobody knows who my mama is. I did not go to an Ivy League school. I went to the University of Georgia. And maybe there was a network here, but I didn't know about it. So I think what happened is I slowly but surely began to become disavowed of the idea that this is a meritocracy. And I became very frustrated with I was constantly support staff. Mm -hmm. And in the industry, I mean, you said you did stand up. So you know exactly how hierarchical it is. But basically, I never found that I had a voice. I always found that I, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't break through. And even identity as like race, gender, ethnic background, like I'm, I'm white. Oh my god, age. I'm white. You know, I'm Latina, which is my cultural identity and how I see the world and view the world. But you know, I'm seen as white. So I'm not being discriminated against for my heritage. But what the blind spot was for me was class. Because all these other labels have been created to be like, Oh, hey, you're a white woman, you have a certain level of privilege above Brown black people and you know people who are trans so it's like all that stuff can be very confusing which is why i go hey let's focus on class first and see if all those other labels don't seem less confusing once you realize that they were just created that's why i'm like very purposeful in not alienating White women who I feel might be on the verge of radicalization because I don't want anyone to think, hey, listen, you are not excluded. You are on our team. They've made you think you're not on our team, but you are on. We're all together. There's so many more of us than them because it's really not about saying, oh, this is where everyone falls in the hierarchy of like having privilege. To me, it's more about like, hey, are you not the top? apex predator, then you're with us. Because literally it's like the top, top, tops and the rest of us. If we just use our collective frustration to help each other, then like, I just feel like all those other labels fall to the wayside and it's a lot easier to navigate. But they want us to keep fighting. That's why. Yes. hundred percent, hundred percent. And some of the comments that really have touched me the most is I had somebody who said, I don't agree with your politics, but I have to say you make me laugh every time. And so for me, I think looking at the person's profile is like, I think you're a white guy and you know what? If you're laughing, you actually already do feel the way I do, but I'll just give you time. That's Mm -hmm. the thing is I'm not here to call people out and to alienate them. I'm here to call them out and go, hey, we need to wake up. It's not about looking at your past. And what you've done to screw up, like, yes, let's be honest about it. But I want to know, what are you doing today? What right. are you doing tomorrow? If I'm not going to worry too much about your past, if you can tell me what you're doing in the future to make things right, because we do not have time. So, in that We really same, don't. <laughs> in that same thing, if
0: you post something
1: and someone takes
0: it personally, but you didn't make it about them, do you feel then they must truly feel that way. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, If you're taking it personally,
1: then maybe that's because that's who you are. It's uncomfortable. I think something is striking a chord. And that's why, I mean, really, I feel like I don't target specific groups or people. I'm literally just pointing out what I think is happening. And I've noted like, um, oh, for example, I had, I believe it was, it looked like a white lady who had a yoga studio, who had a very strong reaction to the Gwyneth post that I did where I joke and I say, I am not an Indian woman, but I am purported to be an expert in yoga. And she was the first white lady with a yoga studio to actually have a problem and says, well, you know, it's, you don't have to be Indian. And the thing that was interesting was there were so many white ladies with yoga studios who did not take offense because they understood that I was not saying no one just because you're a white lady doesn't mean you can't be a yoga instructor right, right? Well, but you should other, have every right
0: the other oh, thing sorry, is go ahead. You, if you know Gwyneth, you know that she essentially has said that she
1: is the reason <laughs> yoga became so popular so exactly it's in a know your it's a know your history type of thing yeah. too and I mean, my hope was that she saw that and made I because I, I'll block people if they're hostile or if they are, um, if I feel like they cannot be reached, because I do not want trolls to mm-hmm. be causing problems. I have too many commenters who have a back and forth with each other, like the comments that people put in reaction kill me, like my mother. She's like, you're commenters they post some things that are just so smart and so it's so funny and i was like i know they entertain me it's like i get as much out of this as everybody else seems to be doing
0: <laughs> but i also and i don't mean to put people into a box but <laughs> sometimes it feels like there is something to the group that appreciates smart humor and then mm-hmm. a group that really is a the bottom of humor that well yes and you know what it is fart i think... joke crowd <laughs> verse like the stuff you post let's just say
1: well i love that you say that though because that is a great point the fart joke crowd because i have a whole series of fart gags because you reached a great point i want to reach the fart joke people too if i can so for example i've noticed that all of my characterizations have developed these storylines like Belinda, (laughs) the Belinda Chronicles are, are very fun to me. I posted a Kylie one where her body looks crazy. And I just remember this young woman who had a completely different shape, who has just manufactured herself to be her older sister. And it always, it breaks my heart. And so I try to poke fun at that because I want to remind people, this is a human woman who farts. So she also has a mortality. I'm just here to to, to to like the emperor doesn't have new clothes. In fact, the emperor's clothes are killing the emperor and the emperor doesn't even know it. So I am trying to reach all those levels. And what you're saying is really great about like pointing out people's intelligence about what I'm talking about. I think it's also the least programmed people or the people who have managed to deprogram themselves. Like people who are laughing At what I'm posting and saying, but I don't agree with your politics, I'm like, the thing is you do. (laughs) Yeah, well, but the thing I like about you too, and I'm the same way, is
0: you call out Biden. Like, at the end of the day, we've been giving the lesser of two evils. I don't know how many elections cycles, probably from the beginning of time at this point. You cannot have the mentality that your leader is so righteous that they're never wrong. And we saw it with the last president, like he literally could do anything and there would be excuses made. And it's just no Biden. He's human and he makes mistakes. And quite honestly, at the end of the day, money leads this country and the world. And 100% kidding ourselves to think that we matter. Who matters are the people with money. And they're the ones yeah. making decisions and they're the ones that are like, OK, we're going to keep you in the social issue space so they can fight about that. And we're going to have the guns over here so they can fight about that while we're yep. robbing you all blind.
1: Exactly. You're completely, completely right. There is a nuance to our I mean, like, listen, I'm I'm a registered Democrat. It's not like I'm rah, rah, rah about it. Like the alternative is pure insanity. What I said, I, hand I, hand I stand hand 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 by it. It's Yeah. Hand yeah. It's people who don't want, they can't see reason. Like, I feel like I've watched the democratic party place such a priority on trying to convince unconvincible people when really you've got this coalition of other people who are just like, Hey, Will you please cater to our needs so we can support you with full force? You know, a great example is Karen Bass. So part of the reason all of this started with Gwyneth Paltrow was I, you know, i I've got my apartment? I'm unemployed. I'm sort of like sad. I had, I had broken my arm. I was like healing from that. I've got like medical bills and stuff that I'm thinking about. And Gwyneth Paltrow posts a little fun video (laughs) about like how to cook in the kitchen And she's wearing this pale, like, it looks like a silk Gucci mesh outfit. And she's frying up bacon. And I was like, you know, that looks like poor people meat. And also, by the way, people were, had such a boner for Dahmer. And I'm like, y'all are very into white people eating other people at this point. Army Hammer, rich white people just going crazy. And so I was like, well, you know, it's in the consciousness. And then the strong reaction from there, I just kept posting things and thinking to myself, people may not like this. This is the most honest I've ever been. And it was so freeing. Honestly, I've had the experience of people who got successful while we were all in the trenches together who used to follow me on Instagram. And I guess they unfollowed me. And now I'm seeing them follow me again. And it is very much that hierarchical thing where you're just like, Oh, I'm, I'm of value now. <laughs> The Rick Caruso election made me so angry that I decided to fight for my city. I was like, you know what? I know too many people here who can't afford to go anywhere. I know too many people here who don't have roots in other places. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're on the verge of a massive water crisis. We have been in record-breaking droughts for a very long time. And I think... Los Angeles is probably going to be a place where water scarcity is going to like, we're going to be one of the first places where this is like, a big issue. And we have such a massive discrepancy between the haves and the have nots. And our homeless issue, like I know that New York City handles it differently. And with us with the weather, we get a lot of people bust in here from okay. other places because well, i've seen you know
0: just in la in april and I, I mean i drove by plenty of the shanty town the unhoused
1: population yeah. i'm sorry i think yeah. i may have used the term homeless and that's not we don't do that anymore it's unhoused people and so yeah i think it is it's a, a growing epidemic out here especially yeah because like with our weather people can actually survive a little more easily with the elements but it is just Becoming an issue, for example, Rick Caruso was like, crime. That is how I'm going to get these people to vote for me. It's like, we've got the rising crime, the rising crime. And it's like, well, no, what we have is people who are not allowed to exist. Right. Because well, if we had they that can't afford to live here. We had that in the
0: governor race when Lee Zeldin was running against Volchel. He turned it all into crime, 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 crime. And I was a little worried. It was a little worrisome that he was
1: going to get elected based on that. But thankfully, yeah. People are like, I mean, listen, I'm a real housewife. Like, I'll watch all this stuff. And I remember when Dorit Kemsey, I don't know if you watch the real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but she had this very traumatic experience. And I felt bad for her because people pulled a gun on her in her home to rob her jewelry. And I'm just like, I feel bad for you, but I can't relate to you. There is nothing anybody's going to come into my two bedroom apartment. It is just this like complete... Like, how do you think it's more important that our elected representative be concerned about protecting your private property than helping us all stay alive? But I
0: think that's why I like when you do the Gwyneth videos and the Kim Kardashian, because it is so let them eat cake. They're yes, attitude. it's exactly that. And for mm-hmm. and bringing that to light and making fun of it, because quite honestly, they get taken too seriously. When I read yes. these reviews, I'm like, do you see what's going on in the world? Why do I give a shit about the size of your Christmas tree? And maybe it's because I've become older and wiser. And when I was younger, maybe I would have been sucked into, I probably would have been sucked into all of it. I don't know. I've been put off by reality. Anything reality that started, because I feel like all of a sudden, women are getting all this attention for their bad behavior. Like we've been fighting to run countries and to hold positions of power. And suddenly like- all you see is, are women on these reality shows acting like assholes
1: <laughs> and it's not yeah. helping our cause. It's so true and it's funny. I always had a very conflicted relationship with reality television because I moved out here in 2002 and then the first writing job I ever got was writing for a website called socialitelife.com. So it was like this entertainment gossip blog. So I like to say that like, if I once I know something, I can't unknow it. Where... I have all this stupid information about pop culture and celebrity gossip from that era where I covered it just stuck in my brain. And I used to do it for work, but I also was like fascinated by it. So I totally understand what you're saying in this weird way, though. I think for me, it was this very much like looking back, it's like, know thy enemy <laughs> <But> see,
0: <laughs> a great I'm art of mean, war pop <laughs> culture, but like for me, I want to know about movies and things that like the reality thing is so fake it's contrived like none of it is real. So oh, I I just have such I completely a hard agree time with time you. With it.
1: I have such a I, hard time with it. I think that's why I was fascinated with it because I was like, oh this is very fake. And so my little brain would watch these people and just study them and be weirdly fascinated and be pulled into these little soap operas of their lives and then the weird thing is now like I've been able to weaponize that knowledge against them. And I didn't know that's what I was doing. I was just, they put their lives out there. And now I know everything about them. Like I did this one post that I really love that a lot of people have reacted to because it's not like one of my bigger ones, but it's like when it hits, it hits. It's the dinner fight scene between Lisa Rinna and, oh my God, what a blanket Kim Richards the iconic one. And I laid over it all of these references that all connected politically about how Amelia Gray, Lisa Rinna's daughter walked in the Yeezy fashion show with the white lives matter t-shirt. Like she wasn't wearing the shirt, but she was in the show. And for me, it's very easy. A lot of people were just like, well, whatever. That's like her job. She's celebrity. It's like, I'm at the point where we've reached the point where like, no, you are now your brand. You are now what you're selling. Did you cash that check from Kanye West? When you don't need the money, when you don't need the money and you do it,
0: like you had an opportunity to take a stand and walk away because it wouldn't have hurt you.
1: You don't, you're not. And by the way, the funny thing is Gigi Hadid did. I'm not saying that like I'm a big Gigi Hadid stand, but like I notice when celebrities actually try to do something Mm -hmm. like ben affleck was on some talk show listen i'm not gonna say that man is like my favorite but i did hear him continuing to point out some islamophobia that he was experiencing with the interviewer and i'm like i want wanna chris maloney i remember he was on the red carpet when the queen of england died and somebody asked him what do you think about the queen of england he goes i'm more concerned about puerto rico not having power and that's my thing is I don't want to just come from a place of like beating these effigies of people just to beat them. Honestly, if tomorrow Katy Perry woke up and said, hey, guys, I got lost in the sauce. You know what? I got caught up in this fame thing. You have to remember, I've been famous from an incredibly young age. I don't really have a concept She's how also, normal people but she's also
0: on. from Ohio and was raised in a very religious family.
1: So it, I, exactly was, so so yeah. I can understand where yeah. that comes from. But if she woke up tomorrow and said, hey, I screwed up and I want to do better. And just so you know, I'm not gonna be perfect, but I'm gonna try. Even if you didn't say that, but if I just started noticing things, like that's all I really want. I don't believe in canceling people. I'm here to try to be like, yo. No one at home, you don't have a bunch of girls who are telling you, yo, girl, this stuff you're talking about, this is crazy. Don't post it. Clearly, they don't have anyone around them being honest with them because I have too many people checking me to not go out in these streets and say crazy stuff. And, and so you're like, what are you doing? I think social media, I was talking to my husband about this the other day, just,
0: or no, actually a friend about the fact that, I mean, i, I, I PR Person and PR people were all about protecting their clients, and social yes. media has made it a wild west. And I use can't wild west in his example leading into
1: Kanye because oh my gosh, you know, it's it, truly wild.
0: <laughs> if you can't control them when they're late night tweeting or and they don't care, any, you know anymore, and they're saying what they want to say, and all those protections that used to
1: exist are really not there like they used to. They're not and I I'm actually happy for it. It's so interesting because I used to follow uh, I mean I've been obsessed with celebrity culture for an incredibly long time and I wish I could remember the name of it, but I think it was this website called The Hairpin and there was this person who wrote on there all about celebrity gossip from the studio system days and had these beautiful photos and explained like this is an industry and a machine that has been doing a great job of taking poor souls, processing them through it, using them for their talents. I mean, Britney Spears is a fantastic example. I look at Britney Spears and I look at Kim Kardashian, and I think both of them are prisoners of their family money-making machines in their own way. I really do believe that every single person involved is being harmed by capitalism and this wealth accumulation. It is a long and storied tradition of celebrity and politics working together to keep the wealthy wealthy and use the propaganda machine to keep the haves having and the have nots from not having.
0: Well, and the other thing, too, with the reality of TV is those babies that are being born into the Kardashian family and have been on camera since... For as long as they can remember, before they, they could consent, yeah, way before they no could way. consent. There's no way there's not damage being done. There's absolutely yeah. no way. I feel terrible for them. I really, I really feel terrible for them.
1: So yeah. I do too. And that's another thing is I'm not really petty, honestly. Like I don't talk about anyone's appearance. Not really. I'll point out their appearance if I've noticed that they've done something that is unnecessary. But I don't want to shame people for their choices of body modification. Like you're you're more than welcome to do these things. But like, again, if you're putting yourself in the public eye and portraying yourself as some sort of thing to attain, that's when I have a problem with it. So I really do believe that it's not about going, Kim's stupid. Kim's a big dummy. And I'm like, no, she's not. She's really shrewd. And that's the problem. And <laughs> it's very scary. And do not dismiss these people, but like I just want to have a really realistic perspective of who everyone is as a human, so we don't get distracted by this whole fourth wall of like, welcome to my home. Yeah. So uh, let's go
0: back to you for a minute. So you sure you've performed with the groundlings in Second City.
1: Well, uh, I took a groundlings class, I should clarify. Groundlings, I didn't do great there, but it was the most recognizable one, improv. I remember like when I moved here, there was no UCB and there was Second City, but I don't know that there was like a ton of activity there. But like groundlings was the hopping one. So I I did a class at Groundlings. And then I think I took a class at Second City. And then I didn't really do any improv for a while. For sketch. I felt very um it was very white. It was very male. And so I didn't people weren't getting my references and I wasn't really connecting. And I was like, Oh, I guess this is what comedy is. I don't know if I fit in. So I had like a whole life crisis, moved back home to Georgia. And then in 2014, I started taking classes at UCB right at the time where they opened up like this massive facility. And I sort of came in right on the final gasp of UCB in LA where now it's, you know, the pandemic came and there was already trouble with the theater, I think prior to, not I think, I know prior to pandemic starting. So it really took a hit, but I kind of got to enjoy that last Gasp of it. And I was very active in the UCB diversity community because I felt very strongly about it. And really to the point where I remember starting to see non white people, anybody who didn't look like, you know, cisgender white guy. And I would just go up to them and say, Hi, how are you? Are you liking it here? I'm Lisa. You know, don't be intimidated. If you have any questions about anything, come ask me i know that it may sound crazy (laughs) to white people but i literally was like hey you're not white i didn't say that but basically that's what i was doing and i was going i was hey just want to say hi and i kind of tried to personally shepherd anyone i saw who reminded me of me who just was like oh i don't fit in in a little way and i just wish somebody would have told me hey don't worry about it like i'm here if you want to like be a friend and so Eventually, I kind of had this really nice connection with all of these different groups that I became involved in. And I, oh, I got put on a sketch team and I, I really had a great time with that. But most of my formative experiences came from finding the underdogs at UCB and just really connecting. And those are the people who, like all those people, never stopped following me. Those are my homies. <laughs>
0: so, who did you do the uh, music videos that you made?
1: Oh, okay. So I basically didn't, I never wanted to do a GoFundMe because that's very hard for me to ask people for money. And Mm -hmm. I, instead, I gathered all of the people who I had become friends with at these events for diversity programs. I basically just started to collect a list of, of people. And I sent out an email blast and said, Hey guys, I would like to create a little like film collective skill swap so can you fill out this Google questionnaire for me? And I'm going to be making stuff. And if people want to be in it or work on it, tell me what do you want to do? What can you offer as a skill? And I just kind of went from there. And so I would send out these email blasts to people being like, Hey, I have this idea for a video, I'm going to film it. And then various people would agree to be extras or agree to work for me. And then I would agree to work on their things. So This was going kind of until pandemic hit and either way I had sort of burned myself out as being like indie producer for other people to like pay back for them helping me on stuff. I was like, ah, I'm in over my head. But the videos were always just like, I feel like you can see from my past videos, like I didn't have like a theme. the way that these celebrity lip dubs have come. I was like, Oh, I guess this is my medium, but you can see me playing with music parodies to try to explain to people. It's like my metaphor for like going, hey, this is a thought I had. Doesn't it kind of seem like this? <laughs> well, I have to say the production value was really,
0: they were really well Thank done. you. I thought the banana one was really funny.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much. Did you know that's my voice? Is it? <laughs> yeah. Thing. So that was that's the most expensive thing I've ever made. And I'm so glad I still have it because, so that's my friend. Here's Carmela Zumbado playing Camila Bayo. And Carmela is, by the way, she was in you. She was in you. Yeah. She She and I did the CBS diversity showcase together. And can I tell you as beautiful as that woman is, she's equally talented. She's got the best comedic timing. And she was the one who was like cleaning up after helping. I'm just like, if anyone hears this hire for Carmela Zimbato for literally everything. This woman is amazing. I love her. But yeah, I had all these weird like multimedia ideas, but I just couldn't quite figure out how it all fit together as a digital creator. But yeah, you can see like so much of what I do is just in parody. (laughs)
0: So so now that you have gotten exposure with these videos, have you, first of all, had any feedback from Gwyneth's team
1: (laughs) or no? Okay. Has it opened any doors for you at all? I have a meeting scheduled with potential management. This is something that has never happened uh, before. It's really nice. I've had several of my idols follow me, which is wild, and message me and tell me that they think what I'm doing is amazing, and I'm just like, that's crazy. So I do have had like these opportunities, like certain showrunners of shows that I love have messaged me. And now I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. So now I have like a direct connection with people. And the, the funny thing, the timing is actually kind of perfect because for three years I've been developing a half hour comedy called neighborhood council and the protagonist's name is Luisa, So she, <laughs> you know, loosely based on a nut. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I literally, sort of in the final stages of putting it together, the presentation with this producer I'm working very closely with. And then I posted the Gwyneth post. And I was like, this is insane how literally everything is happening at the same exact time. It's overwhelming, but it's also feels like it does feel right. I feel like this is my time. I had a friend who said something so lovely to me where a couple of years ago I was just like, I don't get it. Why can't I break through? I'm like, I'm white. (laughs) What? (laughs) I'm like, they're not even discriminating against me and I can't do it. I don't get it. I was like, it's so weird. But I realized that like, I just was never able to package myself into the way that I needed to be packaged in order to succeed that way. Like I had to give it up. I mean. To me, honestly, that pilot that I'm developing, truly, I want it to be like my videos where it's like, I want to make you laugh, but I'm shoving a lot of broccoli in that cheese. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to be the Mr. Rogers of radicalization, like putting something on the air where you're slowly, you're just giving these little hints of like, this is how we could do it. This is how you can use local government to protect from climate change and If pandemic taught us anything, it's the importance of local government on your life or death in many cases. It's crazy how much people disregard that.
0: No, I agree. So let me ask you a serious question. Have you at any point considered Scientology as a way to get into the
1: business? You know, that is such a great question. I have not. Although I'll tell you what, this is going to, this is so disrespectful. You know, it's a great networking in Los Angeles <laughs> recovery. <laughs> uh, I hate to laugh, but honestly, gosh darn it. It's like the Soho house. If you can get in, that's the Scientology is too. I did go there for brunch once because somebody was like, you got to check out the brunch. And I was like, let's go look girl, Creepy. eat. I also didn't grow up with church. I also didn't grow up believing in Santa Claus. Like my mom said, listen, in Colombia, baby Jesus comes and gives us the presents. So I'm not into this Coca-Cola Santa. So I'm like, I'm already less likely to convince that way anyhow. And uh, I have this memory of asking my dad if he believed in heaven. I was like really young. And I remember him saying, oh yes. And I was like, mm, he's lying. <laughs> and i was like oh but he loves me so much he wants me to think it's there and i'm like i'm not going to tell him i know (laughs) that's why i think cults are harder for me that's why i can't break into the industry i don't know how to conform (laughs) i i don't i don't either and
0: i you know what you were saying before about walking in the show with the white lives matter i have always been the person to take a stand. I had a boss who called me Norma Ray for that reason. Like, yes, that's a oh, an I love injustice. It. I can't keep my mouth shut. I I can't. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, I tell myself because I can still pay my rent currently that I wouldn't change anything because of it. Yeah.
1: And I'm just going to keep believing that. So, no you're right though. I mean, again, the old way is going away. I watch some of these kids eviscerate adults in the same way that I am with even more like pointedness because they didn't have to unlearn stuff that I had to unlearn. They're already like, "Mm, mm, mm." I'm so onto it. All
0: right. So as I mentioned, I have a game for us to play. Oh, that's right. It's game time. I should say.
1: So (laughs) it's called She Said What? And it's... uh, You you gave me good clues, though, because you characterized the two, but let's see, you know, let's see how I do. It's, it is, hey, it's the SATs all over again, just like voting. (laughs) Okay. So is it Gwyneth or is it
0: Kim? Ready? Mm -hmm. Yes. When I pass a flowering zucchini plant in a garden, my heart flips a beat.
1: (laughs) I want to say Oprah, but that's Gwyneth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, when I was looking at the quotes,
1: it's pretty obvious who says what But uh, a flowering zucchini sounds like from the people who brought you conscious uncoupling. (laughs) Yes. All right, ready? There's
0: nothing I love more than getting to stay home all day and not get ready for anything, which is about half the week. (laughs) Is that Kim? Yes. And you you also have to take into consideration that may be an older quote because. Agreed.
1: Now she's like, I work all the time, guys. Work, 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 work.
0: All right. Thanks. I think so as fun. long as you learn from your mistakes and don't make them over and over again, you're on the right path. It's very simplistic. I'm going to guess Kim. Yes. And ironic. Yes. given she just had her third divorce. So this one's one of my favorites. I am who I am. I can't pretend to be somebody who makes $25,000
1: a year. <laughs> <laughs> what could a banana possibly cost? That's Gwyneth. <laughs> All right. How about this one?
0: I'd rather smoke crack than eat cheese from a tin.
1: <laughs> Gwyneth? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I just was like, she lived in London, and she loves that she was married to a British man, so for sure she'll say tin instead of a can. Of course.
0: <laughs> can is so <laughs> trashy. And mm-hmm. the last one. I'll cry at the end of the day, not with
1: fresh makeup. Oh, that's Kim. <laughs> Very good. You got them all. Well, you guided me. As soon as I knew that there weren't going to be any multisyllabic words in Kim's, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay." Yeah.
0: No, there's <laughs> definitely a lot more pretentiousness to Peltro. Kim is a little more simplistic uh and straightforward. Yes. But yeah, Gones so. is They neither of them are self-aware, but no. <laughs> and I have to say, look, I did watched the first season of the Kardashians because my interest yes. was purely in Bruce Jenner because that was his name at the time because at the time he seemed so out uh, like he just didn't yes sit right in it and I was really interested in the dynamic I watched like the first season and then I was I was done and the same with the Beverly Hills Housewives I may have watched a few of those but I was brought into that because of Kim Richards and watching her in movies as a child. And so... Oh my gosh, Escape from which Mountain. Yes. So I was just intrigued yeah. by what happened to her and what was she doing now. And she just proved to be very sad, much like Britney oh gosh, Spears yes. now. So, yes. you know, it's like, I don't know. I, I can't even start to talk about Britney because her right. Instagram makes me so sad. So sad.
1: Yeah. She's a really great symbol to me of why we do need to... Like, for the entertainment industry, need, we need massive change. I'm so excited to see all of the striking that's happening. It's really exciting. And, like, the entertainment industry is absolutely not immune. In fact, it's probably, like, one of the best representations of, like, that's our royalty. It's just, same to me, it's the same as, like, when the Queen of England died. And to find out how much money was spent on her funeral by the government when she personally had the money to cover it. And I'm like, to me, it feels like a one-for-one swap. For how these celebrities are living in Beverly Hills and New York. I'm just not as familiar with New York. Over here, it's just like the mansions, the Beverly Hills real estate. And it uh, you really is exactly- the Bling Ring. If you've not watched it yet, you need to watch oh, the yes. bling. I think you told me about that before. Exactly. I need to make sure to check it out. The yeah. Bling Ring. Yes,
0: just because and it's- they literally went into Paris's house multiple times without her even recognizing that that she was being robbed. It wasn't until they cleaned out her jewelry that she realized that people were
1: stealing from her. Like that is, it's just insane. It's insane. I have so much that you won't even notice until it's all gone. Yes. I got to check that out. That sounds like that could be fun. <laughs> so
0: if um if you were doing Gwyneth's voice now, what would yes. Gwyneth say about doing my little
1: podcast? Oh my goodness. So many times, people want to just talk about the things that they know, but I find it so much more interesting to talk about the things that I own. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so glad to have you on my podcast, <laughs> oh, God. my my beautiful home.
0: <laughs> I, would, I would, I don't even know what I would say to her if I met her in person. Well, thank <laughs> you so much again, Lisa. I could talk to you all day, obviously, but Shame. <laughs> I've kept you here long enough. Are, do you want to share your social?
1: Yes, please. I am at Timmins Lisa on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. I mean, the other ones are still being built up in, in Twitter. But you know what, guys? Honestly, I'm at Timmins Lisa pretty much everywhere. And yeah. Follow me for some laughs and some political commentary and let's be real, some fart jokes.
0: <laughs> where, where do you have the most followers? On
1: TikTok or Insta- In, On Instagram. Okay. Yeah. YouTube has this shorts feature that they now offer. So I'm trying to figure out all the media and put it together and we'll see how it goes, guys. <laughs> well,
0: this is the Jobs Blow Podcast. I'm Brianna Haas. We're at jobsblowpodcast.com as well as on social media at Jobs Blow Podcast. Thank you again for being here for the 100th episode. I really appreciate it. And it was a great conversation.
1: Thank you and congratulations. Banana, ooh, nah, nah. My favorite fruit is the banana. Nah, 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 nah. but still my favorite is banana. Hey. Soy chiquito banana, uh-huh. banana. Mm-hmm. Bananas, you know they are delicious. Oh. They are so In addition to being quite nutritious. i night.